Hi, it's Patrick here. And you may remember a few pods ago, we did Quebec's language wars. You know, it's all blown up again. And we did the serious treatment of that. Well, today we're going to do the comic treatment with Montreal stand-up sensation Sugar Sammy. Actually, I say the comic treatment, but in many ways, this treats the issue more seriously. Or maybe I should say more profoundly. Anyway, Sugar Sammy. And when I said he was a sensation, that's not hype. When I was in Montreal, I told pretty much everyone I was interviewing that I was also going to be interviewing Sugar Sammy and, and to a person. They were like, ooh, wow, that's just so great. I would really like to meet that guy. He really is the bomb or something like that. I don't actually think Canadians say he's the bomb about anything they like. I, maybe that's just an American thing to think of the bomb as, you know, a superlative. Well, I'm going to put most of my conversation with Sugar Sammy into this podcast. Some of it will be in the segment that aired today as I speak on the big show, um, and some of it will come afterwards. Kicking things off is big show host Marco Werman. Here goes. And our language editor, Patrick Cox, is here. Patrick, you've got a real goodie for us today. Yeah, I got a comedian today. His name is Samir Kula. He comes from an Indian family, but he grew up in, in Quebec, in Montreal. He goes by the name of Sugar Sammy. And right now, he's one of Quebec's best-known and best-loved entertainers. I saw in Parkex, I saw a fast-food Indian place called Curry in a Hurry. <laughs> That's how creative we're getting to. Right? That's crazy. Like, how fast do you need this food? That food is not meant to be made that fast. If they open up a drive-thru, how's that going to work? Okay, just splash it on me. Come on, just splash it. I'll turn around, sprinkle it on me, man. Put it on the floor, I'll roll around in it. Oh, the meter is running. White guy's laughing, that's racist. Yeah, he does a lot of that. He's he talking to audience members, and he brings up these pretty edgy issues right. as he does so. Uh, he's very skilled at putting people on edge and kind of reassuring them at the same time, if, if that's possible to do. Mm. Well, I'm laughing, um, but Sugar Sammy is from Quebec. How do the French speakers, the francophones, uh, there like him? You know, they love him, partly because he speaks fantastic French. He went to a French school. But he also pokes fun at the whole language issue in Quebec, which has returned recently in full force. Remember, Pastagate? Right, where the French were not happy that the word pasta was being used. They wanted the French word for that, yeah. Right. Well, here is a great example of how he tweaks that. He's on a, at an awards ceremony on French language TV. He's announcing the nominations for an award together with none other than the premier of Quebec. Uh, her name is Pauline Marois. She's a Quebec nationalist, a strong supporter of, of French language protections. And here he is just getting at her a little bit by speaking English and, and then telling her what that English means. Dans la catégorie spectacle plus populaire de l'année, les nominations sont... And the nominees are... <laughs> Ça veut dire les nominations sont... <laughs> Shut up! Ça veut dire... <laughs> I love it. So the premier of Quebec tells Sugar Sammy to shut up in English and French. Yeah, and that appearance got him a whole load of new fans among francophones and, of course, anglophone Quebecers, English speakers. They loved it, too. Sugar Sammy now, he does 
four different types of stand-up. Right now in Montreal, he's doing all four of them, each on consecutive nights. He does a show in French. He does a show in English. He calls that the Illegal English Edition. <laughs> uh, he has a spin-off of the English show called the Indian Edition, and that's mainly English, but there's a little bit of French and Hindi and Punjabi thrown in. And then there's the one that I think he's most proud of, and that's called You're Gonna Rire. Rire being the French for laugh. Um, and it's bilingual, 50-50, French and English. People told him it would never succeed, that he had to pick you know, either French or English, but not both. But it has turned out to be a huge success and with a string of sold-out shows. So I talked with Sugar Sammy. It's in our World in Words podcast this week. And here's just a little bit of the conversation. Here he is talking about how he started entertaining people when he was at school. I'd host all the talent shows at school, and when we'd have school trips, the teachers would let me go to the front of the bus to entertain the kids. I would host those shows in French, but I'd do probably my entertaining in English, you know, whenever I could. I could try to get away with it. Just because I went to French school, and it was pretty much the rules that you'd have to do everything in French. But you would constantly want to flip back to English. Mm-hmm. Just because it wasn't allowed, you know. As soon as you're not allowed as a kid, you want to do it. You know, I guess I guess that's who I've become as an adult as well, you know. Whenever people tell you you can't really talk about it or you can't do it in this language or you can't do a bilingual show, I always feel like, well, why not? Well, tell me a little bit about the bilingual show because that was based on people telling you what? You wouldn't be able to sell it out? Well, not just not sell it out, but it would. I couldn't pull it off. You wouldn't be able to pull it off in Montreal because, you know, everybody thinks there are two solitudes. Which, to a certain extent, there are. But well, the, explain two solitudes to uh, our American audience. Well, to an American audience, basically, Quebec is a province inside of Canada. Canada is the country to the north of you. <laughs> and in that province... Well, well, that's where the, all the comedians yeah, come from. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and the two languages, we speak two languages in Quebec. I mean, we officially one language, which is French. But uh, in Montreal in particular, there's a big Anglophone and bilingual constituency. And, and um, it was for years thought that Anglophones don't really watch anything that's French culture and vice versa, which to a certain extent was true. But I knew there was a demographic in Montreal that did consume in both languages. And for years, people thought there's no way. There are TV shows for the French. There are radio stations for the French. There's a star system for the French. And there's the same thing for the English. So there's no way you'll pull it off. And I always thought other people that I know who are like me, who are able to function in both languages and live in French and in English on a daily basis without even thinking about it. So I decided I'd put this show together and try to mix both sides. You mix the French and the English and you get a great hit. It worked. It worked out and I was happy it did. Ça va? Ça va? What's your name, brother? Jean-Sébastien. Jean-Sébastien. You took two names. <laughs> like, I'm going to take two. Jean-Sébastien, what do you do, brother? I love how I asked you in English. You're like, I'm going to answer in French. I had a feeling that there were plenty of people who wanted to, you know, hang out in the same room with people from the other side of the tracks and, and enjoy something for once. You speak to me in English, I answer you in French. I don't care which country you're in. Gets to Florida, like, hello, sir. Why? What's your business here? Ben, je viens ici faire des vacances. What the hell is this guy talking about? It was fun. It became a party, 
of different cultures and different languages coming together? Yeah, absolutely. And the idea that it should be done across the two linguistic solitudes is quite meaningful, especially at a time when the tension, language tensions have risen again in, in recent months. Yeah. I mean, the best thing you could do is make fun of it. You know, the, the whole Pastigate thing has taken it to another level internationally for us as well. You know, we were on CNN, we were on BBC, and people were talking about Pastigate, and I, and, I, and I wasn't too sure how we were seen. So I thought I might as well, you know, make a couple jokes. I had a tweet about it the other day as well where I said, listen, I'm at a restaurant in downtown. Does anybody know the French word for macaroni? It's macaroni, you know. I think it's almost like the elephant in the room. You've got to talk about it as soon as you can because as soon as you do, you liberate everybody else. You just want that, that freedom of, of laughing about the things that bother us, you know, that's, that, that are eating at us. I think that's therapeutic for all of us, you know, including the comedian. I feel like if you can make people laugh about it, then, you know, it's sort of therapy for you as well. Sugar Sammy. By the way, he's just back from performing in India. I'll post a video. It's a sort of video diary of his time in India. That'll be at theworld.org slash language. I'm going to run some more of my conversation now with Sugar Sammy. I asked him about being South Asian in Quebec. Did his ethnicity make it easier for him, more acceptable, to poke fun at his fellow Canadians, the white ones, whether or not they were French or English speaking? Here's what he said. Well, I think... The key to it, I mean, it's not just being a you know, visible minority. That doesn't give you license to get away with everything. You know, you, we saw Tracy Morgan get uh, lambasted you know, for, for saying a few things. We've seen, a, we've seen a, a few other comedians get that. I think the key is you've got to make sure that when you talk about something that you have inside knowledge. You know, you got to be an expert about it. You got to be an insider. Meaning, when I talk about these cultures, when I talk about these languages, when I talk about these situations, I've actually lived them. I've actually been a part of them. So, your target, you nail that down and then people connect with it. And people who are involved that you're talking about realize that you did live this experience and you do have a friend that, you know, you hung out with or you did go out with a girl who was French because we can tell with the situation that you're bringing. When it's just a, a generalization, well, then, you, then you're making caricatures on stage, and that's when it gets offensive, and that's when you, you can't get away with it. Whether you're white or black or uh, you know, a, a visible minority or not, uh, on stage you've got to be very specific, and you've got to have done your research. And your research has to be you have to live those moments and talk about those. And when it's authentic and genuine, people could tell. Okay, so you're doing French, you're doing English, and now also Punjabi and Hindi. I mean, like, that's you must get different audience responses among your different audiences. And I wonder if that sort of affects how you deliver your lines and, and the nature of the comedy itself. Well, I think uh, for me, the, the language is just a means of communication. Uh, the adjustment happens culturally, meaning that if I go into India, um, I'll, I'll adjust my act in terms of giving them a, a real point of view of, well, I'm an Indian from North America, Here's what I see. This is how I see India. And that's how I, I would approach it. And this is the India I was sold by my parents, and it's completely different now. And I have to go tell my parents that they made a big mistake, that it's no longer that pure India that they thought it was. So that's, that, that's kind of the angle. You have to find, okay, well, what's my point of view with this culture? So when I go into, let's say, the smaller towns in Quebec, I'm a big city Montrealer. Well, that's the point of view I come in with. I go, well, look, I'm from the big city. Here's what I see walking into your town, and this is how I feel right now. So as soon as you put that out on the table, I think they go, 
all right, he's authentic, he's genuine, he's told us exactly. He's not just coming here to pander, you know. He's here to tell us. I, and I actually make fun of it. I go, listen, I know it's a small town. Just wondering, is this the town, type of town where you got like a sheriff and a deputy? You know, like, you know, just asking those kind of questions on stage makes them go, okay, it's a big city kid who's a little bit lost. Let's, let's help him out and let's have fun with him tonight. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You just got to adjust that way. So your, your humor always adjusts to different situations and different demographics. But uh, linguistically, everybody loves to laugh, and the structure of stand-up will stay the same, you know. That's very interesting. I mean, you know, you hear so often of people who maybe not stand up. Well, I don't know of other people who do stand up in different languages, but certainly people who write, people who communicate in one form or another, do find that they do adjust. You know, and there's this, certainly among uh, many bilingual people, there's the, there's the perception, at least, that they think differently, even if linguists tell us that they, they don't, uh, from one language to another. Well... The thing with me is that because all of these languages, I basically learned them simultaneously, it doesn't change the nature of who I am when I write in these languages. I still have that point of view, which is, you know, Sam Kular, growing up, a Montrealer, Canadian, who grew up speaking Hindi, Punjabi, English, and French at the same time. So when I write, it's still me. You know, if I had to write in Spanish and I had to learn Spanish, well, then I'd probably have to, a lot of work to do because it's it's a language i'm not used to it's a culture i'm not used to then i'd say okay here we go i gotta now i gotta make a big adjustment but because i grew up speaking those four languages naturally and they were part of my development process as a kid i feel like they're just it's second nature you know it's it's almost shorthand now Mm. tell us about the four shows in four nights all linguistically different from one another that you're doing later on this month yeah i felt like my workload wasn't big enough already <laughs> so i thought i thought that uh i'd do four nights look um i was already doing the uh the bilingual show and the french show here in quebec anyways so we put those back on sale for that week and it was great and then i knew there was a, a small constituency of um, of anglophones who didn't speak any french and who wanted to wanted to come to the shows and said listen i don't speak any french i don't understand any french it's a very small percentage can you is it going to be a 100% English show? So I said, okay, I'll do one, one night. And sold out within sold out within like a week or something. It was one of the quick ones to go. So we're doing that for the, uh, for the unilingual anglophones. Uh, we got one for the unilingual francophones, a bilingual one. And, of course, now one for the Indian population in Montreal who speaks English, French, Hindi, and Punjabi. So we'll do something fun for them as well. So it'll be a good little... Uh, so on that one, are you actually going to like flip between four different languages? Yeah. I mean, it'll be all organic, like I did with the bilingual show. It'll just flow from one to the other. Um, and I'll have specific material for the Indians here. So T- Tell me a little bit about that kind of material. I mean, what, what is specific to the Indian experience of, of Quebec that is maybe different from other parts of North America? Well, first of all, like, like it's seeing things that you don't see anywhere else. Like you'll see a Sikh Punjabi guy in Montreal speaking French to another Sikh Punjabi guy from across the street and yelling things out in Quebecois French, you know, to each other. Only in Quebec would you see that. So that situation makes for great comedy. Also, probably the most metrosexual Sikhs I've ever seen in my life are living in Montreal right now. You know, dressed to the T, you know, everything matches, you know, they got velvet blazers, they've got a diesel turban. You're like, okay, well, I got to talk about this, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so, so there you go. I mean, just those experiences, having that um, and pointing that out, I think uh, is, is definitely something that, that audiences here appreciate. 
Mm, okay. And when you, when you do a show in the United States, what do you tell them about where you come from? Well, I make fun of them a lot as well. You know, I'm, I, I, I do talk, I talk yeah. about being, you know, the Canadian neighbor and then the way I see the U.S. and we see America. So you'll, you'll get that right away. And I talk about a bunch of things, you know, like, you know, the food, the, uh, the experience, the, the, the over-the-top patriotism, you know. So um, there's definitely that that I talk about, you know, their obsession with hip-hop, which, you know, Canadians kind of were okay with it. But it's not what we love, you know, and uh, the hip-hop culture and, uh, and their TV shows. So I, I kind of, you know, everywhere I, I go, I always bring my unique point of view and say, okay, well, this is where I'm from and this is what I see, you know. And I think that's, that's what people like. They like that observation. They, you know, a lot of times you'll go into a place and people will say, wow, you've pointed out stuff that's been around for decades and we haven't even noticed because it's become like wallpaper, you know, but you actually see it because that's what it is. You see it because you've never seen it for the first time. I've never seen it. So I see it for the first time. And what's wallpaper to some people becomes a foreground to someone who's seen it for the first time with fresh eyes. And that's, that's the fun part. Sugar Sammy perhaps coming to a city near you. So aside from the India video diary posted at theworld.org, I'll post a video of that appearance on French-language TV with the Quebec premiere. And then I'll also post links to more videos of his performances. Hope you enjoyed the pod. And by the way, if you didn't hear the first episode on Quebec, which goes into the politics of the language issue right now, and a bit of the history too, well, I'll post a link to that as well. See you on Facebook. There's a World in Words page. And on Twitter, where I tweet as Patrick Cox. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-O-X. See you next time. Mesdames et messieurs, Sugar Sammy! Wait! Non, arrêtez, c'est trop, c'est trop, non. Arrêtez, c'est trop. Vous me gênez, là, calmez-vous. Quel honneur d'être ici, non, vraiment, quel privilège. Euh, non, c'est cute, votre petit gars-là. C'est... <rire>